tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. And welcome to Tinfall Hat. You know I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. Damn, you're getting good, dude. You get a little. You celebrate your birthday. Suddenly, you're on fire. Uh, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you to all the new listeners. We really do appreciate you. Uh, you guys love the show, and I'm so thankful. We're just a couple of dick joke comics just trying to have a little fun, and you guys are showing us love, and we appreciate you. Uh, I, the only shows I have coming up right now is uh, next week, uh, Tuesday, the, February 11th. It is Comedy Chaos live at the Comedy Store. Those shows will sell out, so grab your tickets. Right now we have Burt Kreischer, Sam Morell, and I believe Tony Rock. And I'm putting some more heavy hitters on there, so grab your tickets now. Guys, if you want to support the show, a great way to support the show is going on to the Patreon. Go to patreon.com backslash hat. And you can see I'm putting sometimes three hours a week on that thing of everything you want. Sometimes, see, we booked the show out, the, the main show, out like weeks in advance. So it's very hard to just do a pop-up show on an event. Great place to go see a pop-up event. Uh, if something pops up in the conspiracy of the truth world or spiritual skeptic world, boom, I'll put, throw it on the uh, Patreon. You know, we did something on Kobe. We did something on... Uh, all this Ari stuff going on and the impeachment trial. So, bam, that's a great place to go if you want really quick, uh, up-to-date conspiracy stuff. Go to the website, tinfoilhattshirts.com, and uh, you can grab T-shirts. Man, I got a new one coming out that's going to be, I think, the best one yet. I don't know. That Epstein one is... Epstein's great. I favorite. Killed Epstein is available. Mm -hmm. I'm very proud to say that. We were doing a... <laughs> Uh, a reverse auto fix, uh, auto rock asphyxiation. That's where. Um, anyways, I'll, I'll go on. Yeah, I don't need to do it on this show. I don't know if that's the uh, the uh, comedy of the guests. I don't want to say anything that they might not enjoy. And then uh, what else we got? We got uh, once upon a time this flat earth that's rocking as well. So those are all great ways. If you want to see my special, I have it for free. You can go to samtriply.com and both the specials are there. And guys, basically. The episodes, uh, the videos go on brokensimulation.com first. I put everything there first because you never know when YouTube's just going to shut me down again. So if you want the episodes really quickly, bam, go to brokensimulation.com. And you could also watch it. Uh, I know you like to watch it on your smart TVs. Just get the Vimeo app and you could check it on there and just look up Sam Tripoli and you will find it. And all the episodes are going there. So that's the business. Anything else? Oh, yeah. This show is brought to you by our longest-running sponsor, BetDSI. Go to BetDSI, use the promo code HAT100, and they will match anything you put in there. Dude, any of these bets you want to make, I go for I made some money. You I, did? I, I, I put money on that they were going to twerk, J-Lo and Shakira. That was a bet? Uh, it was a bet, and I knew <laughs> that they were going to twerk. Come on, dude. I just love that stripper, stripper moves are now family the values. Whole, 
being in a cage is a family thing. They had kids in cages. Oh, yeah, that was uh, you unbelievable. Know, you probably could have bet on that one too. Are the kids? How many kids got kidnapped from that show too and put into sex trafficking? Oh, That's probably a bet as well. So uh, just go to BetDSI. Use the promo code. They're our number one. Uh, they're they're our longest running sponsors show. Sponsors like that allow us to build this studio and uh, start working on more shows that are coming out. So uh, go to BetDSI, use the promo code HAT100, and they will double your uh, whatever deposit is up to $500. Help them, help us, help you. And I appreciate you guys. You guys always show our, our guests and our sponsors a lot of love, so I love the swarm. Okay, let's get into it. Uh, I'm very excited about this topic today uh joining us to talk about it uh he's been a regular on show a returning champion he's the bad boy of conspiracy such an amazingly good looking man just working in a really weird looking genre um you know him as the illuminati watcher go to illuminatiwatcher.com isaac weissip what's up buddy i get you twice in a week how lucky am i yeah i think this is uh this is number four four horsemen here you're almost the at the five-time guest, dude. We're going to make it happen, <laughs> dude. We have to have uh, yeah, something man. crazy happy. Uh, and then our, our next guest, we're very excited to have him on. Uh, you can go to his website, uh, thephoenixenigma.com. Uh, I'm very excited to have him on, and I'm very excited to talk about this, uh, this topic. Please welcome Corey Daniel, everybody. Welcome to the show, Corey. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Happy to be here. I appreciate you guys coming on. This is a wonderful time to be talking occult sim uh, symbolism. I mean, especially with that halftime show last night. She's wearing, uh, you know, bath mitt right there on her. Th I, it's unbelievable to me. And I feel like if you're into occult symbolism right now, uh, this is a golden era for you because it's more and more. It's become obvious that there's something happening here. A lot of dark arts. Now, our listeners know Isaac. He's one of our favorite guests. Corey, can you tell our listeners a little bit about you, what you do and your website so they, so they can go check it out? Yeah, sure. Um, I am a uh, political de-occultist. I deconstruct these public rituals that take place, the, the Golden Globes, the mass shooting, Super Bowl, uh, the Kobe thing more recently, uh, Florida shooting. Uh, whenever we have these events, these, these very public rituals. Um, I take them apart. I look for all the symbolism and I, I practice the occult for about 20 some odd years. And as someone who no longer practices, I've been to that side. I know, I know how to construct them from the ground up and I can deconstruct them. So I pull apart and explain to the average people out there, you know, the sheeple and the normies and the fluoride induced masses. Um, this is what you're, this, this is what's going on. This is what you're looking at. This is what propaganda is this is what modern day sorcery is it's no longer in the basements of castles it's no longer in the with the covens out there in the trees it's taking place in public in these in these mass rituals and i show them how they work everything from the astrology to the astronomy to the numerology uh to the biblical christian similitudes as well as uh, Ju uh Ju judaism and all the similitudes of religion as it has trickled down from Egypt to Greece to Rome to England and Europe and now into the modern-day Egypt, which is the United States of America. We're just a continuation of the same Western uh, brands of magic that you found through Zoroastrianism, uh, Pythagoreanism, all the mystery schools. So I break that down on my website and on my YouTube channel for people. 
Uh, you know, man, uh, what you're talking about is like some of the f uh, my favorite subjects to cover because it's it's so interesting. And I, I, you must just bang your head against the wall talking to, you know, average Joes about this stuff because their whole the first response is not everything's a conspiracy. And I'm like, well, if you're hearing about it, it probably is. I got two questions for you real quick, Corey, before we get sure. into um, why, why did you join occultism and why did you get out? That's actually one question that sure. I took two questions. And then the third one is um, why did they put this out so everybody could see it? Like people like you can decode it. Why would they do that? Um, the first answer is. I got into it young. Um, you know, my father was Protestant. My mom was Catholic, different families, but we were, you know, they were, we weren't even Easter Christmas Christians. Uh, there was no religious teaching and I was very nature oriented as a kid. You know, I was one of them kids that didn't have a whole lot of friends. I only had one friend at a time, spent all my time reading, listening to, to music. And I gravitated towards knowledge. My first book was, you know, Edgar Allan Poe's Complete Works. That's what I read when I was younger. I was, I gravitated towards that. And that's the darker stuff wrapped up in occultism. I moved out into the desert. Um, I got into botany. I studied botany young. I had a neighbor. And that, you know, that's kind of gets into the witchy stuff as well. I learned about the age of maybe 19, 20, 18, that physics, physics is the key to sorcery. Modern day science is ancient sorcery. And when I began looking at it, at that time I was kind of wrapped up in uh, Western branches of witchcraft, opening circle, the standard circle, open it up, call it on the gods, call it on the quarters, you know, the altar, all that stuff. You used to do that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And when I, when I realized what that would this happen? was nothing. I'm sorry. I got I got to know this. What, what, when you did that, what would happen? Well, it works. I mean, oh what you're doing is you're projecting thought form. You're projecting will. You're calling it up. You use like a red candle because the color red, right, a red candle or a red object um, traps every other color vibrational frequency except for red and bounces it off, and that's what you see in your eyes. When you're doing, let's say, a love spell, you're going to utilize catalysts that resonate and vibrate to the frequency of your intent. That's all a spell is. It's physics, man. It's sound, vibration, and light. And they're wrapped up in a very elaborate system. The gasoline for this is your e emotion. That's your fuel. And if you have the system down and you're calling upon ancient thought forms in the ether that have been utilized for thousands of years, you're going to magnify that and you're going to send it out and you're going to create change in conformity with your will, as Alistair Crowley used to say. That's all magic is. And, it's that simple. And what made you get out? Uh, you can reach a point where you're no longer in control. Uh, things begin happening. Things spiral out. There's too much. It's kind of like you have a campfire gets out of control and the woods catch on fire and you realize you're playing with something that maybe people weren't meant to know. Um, and at that point, you realize, you, I, I came full circle and I thought, yeah, this is out there. You can have it. You can build a nuclear bomb. Do you need one? No. You can do that. Do you need it? No. You can go out there and do the hard work yourself and live more simple because um, you don't really need all of that. Man is fallible. You get a little older and you realize you don't know everything you thought you knew. You become a little more humble and you realize, oh, I'm glad I didn't do that when I was a kid or that. And as you get older and wiser, you realize you don't really, you're kind of glad your will 
didn't push through um, all the way. And I just got older and wiser. Um, I realized the the true power and scope of magic with with a K and what it is. Um, and it's just no there's there's no need for it. You can live simple, like the good book says. And I, I'm not a Christian either, but I do read my Bible every day. I, I believe the Bible's a phenomenal book, full of all kinds of code and ancient knowledge. But you just don't need all of that advanced magic. It's just it's just it's there, but it's unnecessary. Yeah. It, it complicates things beyond, you know. Why do they put out the symbol? Why do they let us know? Okay. Resonance. Um, when you are generating any kind of a spell, right, you have one person, and that solitary practitioning witch can do what they're going to do, and you're going to have an effect, depending on the skill of that witch, the observation, um, the, the, the charisma, the, the personal power of that person, their ability to transmit their will, right? They're going to have X amount of success changing the world. When you get 13 witches together, and by the way, witch means wise. So witchcraft is the craft of the wise. That's all that that means. It's, it's an ancient um, science of, of ancient physics. That, that's as simple as, 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 you, as it is. Do you think um, that they, uh, what we're learning on this show is that they, they have purposely demonized certain things so that people don't look. So did they demonize witch purposefully so people didn't get into it, didn't look at it? That's fit. a long, yeah. That's a long, long story with a lot of history involved in politics and religion and the Catholic Church and uh, monarchy. Yeah, but church. as I mean, to answer your question, yeah, you know, you don't want, you don't need every, you don't want everyone out there knowing this. You want this, so you want this relegated to the people at Yale and Harvard and the CEOs of Google and you know genetics firms and DARPA. You want this. You know, back in the ancient days, it was relegated to Pythagorean mystery school initiates, right? Yeah. Because I don't even know, I, I, honestly, I don't even know if I want those people knowing it because <laughs> there's some shady fucks over there. I'll tell you that yeah. right now. I mean, like, I mean, like, uh, dude, uh, these Ivy League schools, some of the craziest shit ever got. So, I mean, we're dealing with coronavirus. That was out of there. Fentanyl, that was out of there. I mean, it's just like. These lizard people, they up to no good, man. They are up to no yeah. good. Um, man, I'm so excited for this show, this little bit. And Isaac, jump in, please, anytime. Any oh, thoughts man. on any of this? Feel free to jump in. I don't, I'm I don't fascinated to... listening to you yeah, guys. I, I, you know, <laughs> Corey's way more interesting than I am. No, you're he's both. Got it all, me and <laughs> him are kind of tracking on the same ideas, though. Like Everything he's saying is stuff that like I've come to that sort of same conclusion through a different method I've never practice any of this stuff uh so it's refreshing and uh reassuring to hear someone who's actually gone down this path a little bit is kind of confirming all of these sort of suspicions i've had and uh you know to to sort of jump onto the same topic it's like why are they doing this uh, in a mass ritual fashion well it's they're creating a new reality they're creating the reality they desire through all the same ideas Corey's talking about here and uh you know when you talk about the super bowl like you were, that's the, the, the biggest ritual of them all. And that's why on earth today. And that's why, yeah, that's why Shakira, you know, and I, and I talked about this on my show and, 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 and I try to, I try to be a little skeptical and not just jump off the deep end every time something happens. Cause not everything is a conspiracy, but you know, Shakira was out there dancing with the red dress on, which makes me think of Crowley and the, the scarlet women 
and the uh, what they call the Whore of Babylon, and and Crowley talked about how that represents the female sexual impulses and the liberated woman. And you'll notice there was a, a heavy social justice vibe this year to the Super Bowl because Jay-Z and Roger Goodall and Robert H.J. Kraft got all together and decided that's the angle Bolles. they were going to push. Bolays, dude. Yeah. Jay-Z is a fucking Bolay, dog. Yeah, for sure, huh? Yeah, and, and you know, and that's... and and. and the whole purpose, to sum it up, is manifesting the energies of the Aeon of Horus, the new age. Alistair Crowley talked about this guy was this. You know, Crowley was back in the the early 1900s, channeling aliens, doing the sex, drugs, and rock and roll long before anyone thought of that stuff. So, like to to lie to ourselves and say that we're not living in some kind of Alistair Crowley desired world would be completely disingenuous. It's so yeah. interesting, dude. So interesting. to answer your to answer your question and to, to really chime in with with what he just said there, um, the reason why you take these in to the public is for resonance. When you have one witch doing it, okay, you have, you have X amount of power. You magnify it by 13 with a coven, right? And then, if, as the Christians would say, the prince of the power of the air came along or network television or the internet, okay? The Twin Towers fell one time, but you and I, we all have seen those towers fall thousands of times. Every time that happens, it, it, it triggers any an emotional set in your head, and it gets fed upon. It adds to the vibrational resonance, okay? When you can take a ritual like the Super Bowl halftime show that we saw yesterday, and you can have how, – how many people have watched that? I don't, I don't even know. How many eyes were, were, were on that? It's the, it was the 10th largest audience for a Super Bowl. It was number 10. So, so arguably the 10th largest audience in the history of the human species mm -hmm. saw that ritual take place in real time, pulled them all into their intent, and they, they, they resonated, grabbed on, and pulled all that energy into that one moment. By, by, by watching that, by subscribing to it, you are feeding into it. Okay, That's the purpose of, of, of signaling. By designing your city streets like Phoenix, we have a pyramid with an all-seeing eye. And the Montezuma's Grand Mason's Lodge is the eye in the missing capstone on the Pyramid of Phoenix, Arizona. You're living those streets. You're walking those streets. You're taking part in that, in that geoglyph energy every day by, whether you know it or not, your subconscious does, yeah. right? You're, and yeah. your conscious mind pulls from your subconscious every day, all day, to continually form your, your reality, just like Isaac was, was just saying. So we're, we're forming their reality by having them pull us in through media. And I, I got to say, when you want something to go away, stop buying it. That's the answer. Stop buying this shit. Stop watching the Super Bowl. Stop uh, going to Hollywood movies. Just stop. Stop I, buying those albums. I think you're starting to see that, man. I, I mean, I don't know if the Super Bowl will ever go away because it's, it's just this thing. But I mean, nobody's going to the movies. The movies have done horribly bad. The ones that do do well go against everything they're trying to put out. Nobody's watching television, dude. Nobody's well, watching. Well, that's why TV. the Super Bowl is so important. Because back then, people used to watch things at one time. Yeah. Now they don't. The only thing you watch at one time is a, is a sporting event or obviously the Super Bowl. But no, even Netflix, you don't watch the series together. You watch it on your own time. He yep. watches it on his own time. And that's it. Now everybody's picking what they're... Yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting times, man. So uh, I wanted to do an episode on Isaac Cappy. I've been asked to do it. You know, he uh, was a very brave man. 
And uh, well, at least that's what I believe. And uh, I would like to hear if there's any uh, difference on that. Uh, you know, the guy came out and he kind of put some legitimacy on the fact that, that you know, Hollywood and Washington, D.C. have a giant pedophile problem. And, you know, he broke the rule that I, I think is very important. And that is he put out new information. I find that those are the people who tend to get in trouble. And, he, and uh, you know, sadly, he's no longer with us. And I've been asked to do this show forever, so I'm glad we can finally do it. I don't know where you guys want to start. I'm just really open-minded to hearing any of your thoughts on Isaac and what he did. Because it was right around he died. There was also that other uh, woman uh, the past. And I'm sorry, I can't remember her name right now. Beth, I believe, was she was really getting into the occult. She's there was word, there was uh, rumors of her doing magic, and I was like, okay, you're getting really deep. You know, she was going to the FBI with new information, and I'm always like, that's that's how you get in trouble, in my opinion. Uh, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that because you're trying to protect children, but you know, uh, I, I consider this show a um, search engine. We find the information that's already out there and we put it out. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on where do we, I, I'm fine with starting wherever you guys want to start. And uh, just your thoughts on the whole situation. I'll, I'd like to throw two cents in real quick. So as far as I, so similar to you, I had a lot of requests for Isaac Cappy. And ironically, when we decided to do this show, I was, I was in the middle of the research and that's, you know, and I'm happy Corey is on the show because he's done way more research than I did. He's clearly uh, a far larger expert on this topic. So uh, but what I do know from researching this for a few weeks, watching all of his Periscope videos, to me, I could be talked to either side of this argument as to whether or not Cappy was telling the truth. Uh, on one side, I I see all the things he's talking about with uh, you know the the pizza emails and like there's all this weirdo stuff that raises a ton of questions. And that and then on top of that, there's some occult ideas of why this sort of gross thing would happen. But then on the other hand, I, I, I come back to, and, and, and Corey can correct me if I'm wrong, but I wasn't able to find any actual evidence. Like for example, Isaac Cappy called out a whole lot of people, one in particular, Seth Green and said, you know, Seth Green's got this room. And he said, this is where we lock the kids up. And then later he's talking to him about, Hey, we need to talk about this, this they call it the code word was chicken when you talk about this chicken thing and he it proceeds to admit how he's into all this stuff um when we're talking about child abuse right and my whole thing is i haven't seen any clear evidence from cappy if cappy's really friends with seth green and really sees this hidden room uh the only thing i've ever seen is the dead man switch video which again uh, it's not a smoking gun to me uh, overall i do agree that that cappy he has he raises a lot of great questions and I'm happy that he was uh, you know brave enough to kind of talk about these things because I personally <laughs> I don't I don't like going into these topics because uh, you know it's, it's seedy territory I do think this is like a dark underbelly of some of the things that could be going on well they are going on uh, we know if you've watched an open secret that this is going on um, so so yeah I'm to say I'm a little skeptical of uh, a little skeptical of Isaac Cappy is the truth uh, but 
you know, ultimately he's got a lot of interesting ideas on here, but I, I'm not, I'm not quick to run with some of them because I haven't seen enough evidence. Well, I, I think you should do that with everything. Uh, Corey, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, like I'm cool with starting wherever you guys want to start and just sure. kind of take yeah. through what you've learned. <clears throat> well, um, I put together, uh, if viewers can check it out on my website, it's pinned to the top, the Isaac Cappy mind map. Okay. Um, I put that together. And if you, have you have you seen that? Yes, seen that? yes, I, yes. I got it right here. Okay. Um, my goal, my goal was to click on the view, 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 click on the view, the map pulled up. There you go. Click on that. There we go. Okay. This is an interactive mind map. Each one of those boxes click into a web page, and it, it, many of those web pages have other pages that open up into dialogue. Damn. Yeah. This took me five months to build. Okay. Um, this is every single piece of evidence I could find. This is every person I could talk to. I've spoken to four of the six people on scene that morning, just to give you a back idea of, of what happened and what I went through and how I became involved in this. I'm a professional guide, backcountry, front country guide here in Arizona. Um, I do tours primarily from Phoenix, Arizona to the Grand Canyon and back. Okay. I've done that trip as of this week, 789 times now. Wow. Okay. So I know my route. I know my road. I know this is what I do for a living. That takes me from Phoenix to Flagstaff, Flagstaff to Williams, right past where Isaac passed, and then north to the Grand Canyon. That morning, the morning Isaac died, I had a pickup in Flagstaff, Arizona at the, uh, the roadside inn on the east side of town. I picked him up at 9 a.m. It took me about 26 minutes to get over to Belmont. When I crossed under Belmont Bridge, the, the Transwestern Bridge, right? It was a normal day. There was no blockade. There was no directed traffic. There were no emergency vehicles, nothing, right? I go up, I do my tour. I come back, you know, life's fine. The next day I wake up to email after email from everyone saying, Isaac Cappy died. He died in Air, 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 Arizona. And I'm like, where the hell did he die in Arizona? And I go, Belmont, it says that the traffic was reopened by 1030. I'm like, no, 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 no. The traffic was open well before that. It was open by at least 926 because there was no backed up traffic. So I made a video about it, who it was, and said, listen, guys, I'm there. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know much about Isaac Cappy. I know what he was into. I made about a 20-minute video. It's my first one on Isaac. The very next day, one of his very good best friends who actually went down and spent a week with him called me and was crying and said, can you please find out whatever you can? No one's answering questions. The DPS, Department of Public Safety, is not. The sheriff's not. Can you? You're there. I see. You're on. I'm on your your website. You're an investigator. You're a, a deacultist. It looks like. And my God, since you're there, can you do your best? I said, I gave you my word. I will. And I ran the numbers. I ran the dates. I started, you know, looking like we do just to see what's out there. And I was blown away with the occultic properties that were embedded in this. First of all. Then I got further and further, and I started developing relationships with people who knew him. They gave me to other people, and that kicked off, well, from May 15th to today. I'm still, I have information coming in still. This this mind map gets updated when um, whenever there's incorrect in, information. Someone can point it out to me, and we'll make it more accurate. There's no agenda here, just FYI. I'm not selling anything. There's no one to blame. This is a, this is a, repository for all the information that I could ever find pertaining to Isaac Cappy because cops suck at doing their job. <laughs> the FBI sucks at doing its job when it needs to. I wanted to put together a repository so that when something happens, they can go, wow, this has already been done. Like 
Here are the connections. This new that. I have a timeline here. His last year, rough cut. Uh, as more people come and say, yeah, he was here on this date. I, I said, if, if if you can verify that, I'll plug it in. I know who he talked to the last day of his life. Everyone he talked to from what minute to what minute with screenshots. All right. I know where he spent money. I got his, uh, his uh, debit card for the last three months of his life, where he was spending money, the money coming in, the money going out, who was sending him money, who was sending money, money to. I tracked that down on Facebook. I went up on site. I spoke to to people in the town of Belmont and found all kinds of information about them. That's under the eyewitness and testimony inter interviews. I spoke to four of the six people on scene that day, including the guy that ran Isaac over. Oh my okay? God. I spoke to the other guy who saw him um, get run over from 10 feet away. And I spoke to the other guy that called 911 who also ran down the embankment and saw him get run over. So I've done the work. I've done the homework. I got the phone calls recorded. I got the transcripts out where I can, where they did not give me permission to release them. I did not, but I s transferred the gist of the conversation without releasing key details that they would ask. Because as you can imagine, some of these people are pretty scared. Um, I uncovered all the bizarreness, the absolute bizarreness circulating around this thing. And as I did, I made videos explaining to people on YouTube what I was going against along the way. We had a research group of about eight people who the information coming in, we discussed on uh, Zoom or other platforms, and we were at this 10 hours a day for five months straight. That's what you're looking at here. Wow. 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 Yeah. So, I mean, I'm... I, what are your thoughts on the whole... Where Where do we start? What... What's the first bit of information you started with? And real quick before we go, Isaac brought up that he didn't know how much of it was true what what uh, Isaac had said. Uh, Cappy had said that there was no real proof. I, I thought that Seth Green had commented on what he said and said it was a joke. Uh, but, I mean, that's a great question. Why didn't he ever take a picture of, of the room when he was there? I don't know. I don't know how how much he was in and out of that room. But what's your thoughts on his allegations and stuff like that? And did you do any research into that? There's only so much you can. I mean, I know the people who knew him. I know people who spent time with him. In fact, um, well, a handful of them are still my very good friends now. I mean, I've, I've made new friends going along this journey. Um, and I got people that I, I speak to on a daily basis. So like, oh, I know Isaac. Isaac, would, would he'd call me twice a week and we'd talk for an hour and a half. And here's where his mind is. Here's what he said. Here, I'll send you screenshots. I have hundreds of text message screenshots from Isaac where you can read into his, his mind at any given time and see kind of where he was at. Things he was uh, texting from Australia. Um, I talked to people who talked to him on his last day, right, that Sunday night when he was driving um, to, uh, to, towards Albuquerque when the tire either got blown out or blew out on, on its own in, in, in Belmont. Um, there's a lot of people with a lot of ideas. Most everyone agrees he was not suicidal. He told people, I'm not suicidal. I'm not suicidal. I'm not suicidal. Period. He said it all the time. At the same time, he did allude and say things that kind of suicidal people might say. You know, like, I'm so tired. Um, God, I just want it all to end. I don't know how long I can do this for. I'm not suicidal. In that last video he made, he said, listen, I'm not suicidal, but the alternative, they're going to tear me limb from, from, from limb. 
He was convinced they were going to kill him, and the alternative to being ripped and tortured was to kill himself. You know, he alluded to that as well. He had also mentioned in that video that he had did something bad. He yeah. He did something bad, and that uh, he he just couldn't forget. I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but along the mm-hmm. lines that he had let himself down really badly. And did you ever find out what you what he was talking about? Um, no one knows. No one knows what he did. He did not tell anybody. I personally think, um, I mean, I have my own theory on this. I don't talk about it too much because I, I, I can't prove it. No one can prove any of this at that moment. I honestly believe he was being hit with V2K, Voice of Skull Technology. I believe with all my heart. Um, what makes you know, think that? Well, many things. Um, I interviewed the girl that was with him in the car when the car got hit with it in California. He went to go see her. Or she went to go see him Wednesday uh, before he died and uh, Saturday. And she spent both days with him, the entire days. And he was a wreck. On, on, on Wednesday, he was a lot, it wasn't as bad as uh, Saturday. But they were uh, driving and he got, he got hit with this. They got hit with this V2K in the vehicle. And it was Phil Collins in the air tonight. It was inside their head. It wasn't on the radio it was reverberating it could feel it everywhere it's the loudest thing that they'd ever heard mm-hmm. and she looked at him and said is this what you've been hearing is this what and he, he and he was he had sunk down in his chair he was shaking and crying a little bit and he kind of ducked down and he's like yeah this this it it never stops they tortured they, him with phil collins in the air tonight by phil collins was what got beamed in oh um, my I, I, god i did a whole video on it so um and she was honest she was, she had nothing to sell, you know, no one, no one wanted money for this. She was t- in tears and crying during the whole interview. Um, she had gone, she came back on Saturday and he was twice as bad. He was shaking uncontrollably. He had a, uh, on the back of his head where he'd been banging it against something. He had marks the, his knees and the, uh, the tops of his toes where he'd been on his knees praying had rubbed the skin off where he'd been praying. He said meditation was making it stop. She was rubbing his, you know, his forehead and trying to get him to re- relax and calm down. Um, he was looking out the window like someone was out, out to get him. Keep in mind, this is one day after that video came out. He made that video the previous day. I think there was somebody in that room with him. You can hear a dog bark. You can hear kind of someone say something in the background, a door shut. That last uh, video that he made, I think it was under duress. Okay, He was supposed to go back with her. Uh, that night to SoCal, and um, he said, no, I'll stay here. And she's okay, I'll call you tomorrow. If you want me to come get you, I will. I'll come pick you up. He said, okay, I'll call you. He never called mid-morning. She called him at noon, and uh, I think he got back to her in the after- a couple hours after that and said, I'm going to go see my mom in Albuquerque. I got to go. And as soon as Michelle got back, 7.45 p.m., he was in his car, and he bolted east. And I tracked his... Um, his credit card or his debit card ex, 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 expenditures from Apple Valley over to Kingman, Arizona, right? Um, from Kingman to Williams, and then from Williams over to the um, uh, the, the Belmont Days Inn, where he was in and out of the hotel all night long, smoking cigarettes, walking around nervous. So, so interesting. What were it was you a, talking about? Why was he in Arizona? By the way, he was traveling. He was traveling from Apple Valley over towards his mother in Albuquerque. He said he had to get home and see his mom. 
I spoke to one, two, three, four people he had conversations with while in the car traveling east. So I knew who he talked to at what time, for how long, right, in each spot. And um, he had those conversations. They told me what happened in those conversations. He said, you know, he had, he, he had made that one uh, Insta, 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 Instagram video about probably what I got on there. It had to be about 7.30, 7.45, 7, 7.50, somewhere in there. I When I did the research, you could see him leaving in his car. And you could see where the sun was at in the golden hour. And I tracked down the sun set on that day. It was about 7.45, if I re recall. So that's the last Instagram video he did. And he said, guys, I'm out. Well, he, you know, It was a weird one. It didn't get recorded. One of the few things that never got recorded. Uh, there's people in the chat rooms. I found their handles from that. I contacted them personally. One of them spoke to me, said they didn't want to get involved in it. Um, but you know, they didn't talk to Cappy too much. But she wanted no part of it, right? And he, um, he was making his way over to his mother's house. He said, I got to get home. His friend Gio called him. Gio is one of the uh, gentlemen who helped set up the key base system. Okay. Cappy was spearheading. And people don't understand. He wasn't just a whistleblower from Hollywood. Cappy was spearheading an underground social media movement called Unseal Epstein. That's what he was doing. It was called Unseal Epstein. And they had set up this key base. Uh, system online to where they could have uh, they could double uh, security check people's I I identities so infiltrators didn't get in. They could set up warehouses where they could store files, and the idea was to be a clearinghouse for information on pedophiles that they could then get back east to key people to prosecute and get people to to come down. He was spearheading unseal Epstein. He dies on a bridge in, in Arizona. Epstein gets arrested. And then Epstein dies in prison from obvious suicide by, you know, toilet paper. <laughs> um, what did his friends say about his allegations? Did they believe him? Did they not? What were they saying? So I've spoken to many friends and there's many who have different ideas. And I, I tend to agree with, with what Isaac said here. You know, you can't just come out and say you're a pedophile. You got to have something to back it up, okay? Cappy didn't have a lot. He said he had information. He said he had knowledge, but he also said things like, "Like, hey, you, you know when it's going on. You know when someone's petting the kids on, on on set. You know when you go to a party and people are saying that guy over there, he's in the kids. I was at a party with him last year. The word gets around. So he had a lot of that knowledge, right? Ah, uh. he had a lot of that. Um, he said he saw what was in Seth and Claire's house. He said it was behind a bookshelf, like a secret thing. He went in. Seth said, no, uh, he's absolutely delusional. Uh, okay. I don't have that. I don't know. I wasn't there. Some of his friends say that they believed him. Cappy did have this kind of a cult following. I'm going to ad admit that. He had these people that would latch it. You know how the conspiracy world is. People are in their own little mindsets and their own little belief systems, and they want to believe it. They need to believe it. And Cappy had a certain percentage of people that would believe anything he said because they're into conspiracy porn. You know, that's a real thing. People get into it. It's it's addictive. They love to feel that rush of the conspiracy, like they're doing something beneficial and that they have the secret information. There was a component to that here as 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 well. Um, the fact that Cappy said, I'm not suicidal about a dozen times the last week, and then is forced, forces himself off of a 22-foot bridge at 722 in the morning doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, I, I can... Nothing makes sense with the whole entire deal, okay? Here's the numbers, and I'll get into this real quick. Isaac Cappy died on May 13th. 
Okay, it's the 133rd day of the year. Oh my! God. At seven, seven twenty-two in the morning. Okay, that's when the, that's when the, when the whole thing went down. Um, he outed Seth Green in that first Periscope at seven twenty-two or July twenty-second at one thirty-three in the afternoon. Did you know that? Yeah, no, I didn't. So, so the 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 date and the time of his death is mirrored to the time he came out with the Seth Green. Steven Spielberg oh, accusation. Oh my God. All right. You got that. So you got that going on. Um, 72 days prior to his death, you get uh, March 3rd or 33. Okay. 33. 72, I find in occultism, I used to embed it into my spell work because it is a fixative, right? Um, in terms of, of, of numerical en- energy. 72 years is one degree of procession, right? Uh, the, the, you know, the earth is off its axis that the, the procession is the wobble of the earth, but the average human lifespan is 72 years. The human heartbeat is 72 beats per minute. Uh, human, um, o- o- ovule is 72 hours. Jesus died for 72 hours and came back. The sun from December 1st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, before it rises on the 25th, you have 72 is embedded in a lot of esotericism as it relates to grounding spell work. So when I see 72, I see it all over the place, especially in Nipsey Hussle's death. Um, We saw it in Kobe's death. Um, It's all over. And I see it right here as as well in the numerical fixatives that are tying this thing down. Um, Unbelievable, dude. And just like, especially with this Kobe thing, it's just like there's so much of it. I mean – Everything when he walked off the court, when you know, 41. I mean, just all this insane stuff that was going on. Then, you know, Isaac, you know, you were on the show and we discussed his children's book. You brought that really, you brought yeah. that amazing point up about Kobe's children's book. But back to um, Isaac, it's, um, you know, he not only Seth Green, he called out Tom Hanks, man. And, you know, it's, there's, nobody bigger than that. No. He called out Seth Green, James Gunn, Dan Schneider, Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Kimmel, Barack Obama, Kevin Spacey, Kathy Griffin, Oprah Winfrey, Sean Carter, Beyonce, and about 20 more here. He called out all these people. We collected everyone he'd ever called out. Here, the list is right there. I found the list. It's huge. Yeah. Let me so, see it. You want to get a Tom Hanks real quick? I mean, this this is this fascinates me. I mean, it truly fascinates me. Unbelievable, dude. I'm going to assume we've all seen Tom Hanks' creepy-ass Instagram, right? Yeah, his post that um, it was in Phoenix, or it was in Arizona, not that on the same highway, right, which is 66? Was it 66? Route 66. Now, get this real quick before we go on any, any, any further. Route 66 was built by a guy named Cyrus Avery. Okay, I wrote an article, I did a video on this last year uh, at some point, actually prior to the Isaac deal. Um, if you take the Route 66, which is 2,448 miles, and you convert it to Scottish miles, which is 2,171, divide that by 66, you get 32 and 9 tenths, okay? The closest you can get to a 33rd degree Mason without becoming a Mason. Cyrus Avery, the guy that invented, the, he had the Highway Association, the Albert Pike Highway Association, Right, the the head uh-huh, Mason, uh-huh. he's the one that made Route sixty six. He was an aspiring thirty third degree Mason. 
right? Why? Are so we, why would you take the Irish miles? Well, uh, you were the Scottish miles for the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry, oh right? My God. So you have you, the highest degree you get is it's a third degree Master Mason, but then you have the appellate um, system. So Scottish goes up to thirty three, and the York goes up to thirteen. And the 13 and the 33. I write about that being the high signature in the Nipsey Hustle, the Kobe. You see 13 or 133, which is the 13 and the 33 combined as a ritual signature in quite a few of these um, public ritual sacrifices. Now, and and since we're talking sort of like occult stuff here, I'm going to jump back in. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, Corey's doing a good job. He, he know, like I said, he's he's the expert on this. He knows all this stuff. So, uh, but the, but something that I feel like maybe I can contribute here. Uh, when you look at Aaron Hernandez, right, how he, he also died in the prison and uh, from the uh, suicide hanging. And, uh, and oh, by the way, on the Netflix show, they didn't mention any of the the uh, Illuminati written in blood on his wall or the pyramid without the all-seeing eye on it and all that. Uh, but anyway, he was reading some books before he died. Uh, and the books included, uh, I'm gonna, I got it right here, Anouk. Asar Metu Nader, which is, don't ask me, it's some, uh, when you look at the description, it's some kind of ancient Egyptian initiation system, right? And it's about a spiritual path and spiritual growth and reincarnation. Then he was also reading a book by Eckhart Tolle called Power of Now, which gets into a lot of this universal consciousness stuff. And he was also reading a book called Conversations with God about this guy who was, he was talking to who he believed to be God and was automatic writing from this spiritual messenger, which sounds just like Aleister Crowley when he wrote his book of the law through his uh, this this entity that dictated it to him. Yeah, now, why am I talking about Yeah, which is also the Hernandez? Taliban, uh, you know, the Quran, uh, the, the Book of Mormon, right? I mean, these are all, they all have similar stories that an angel came down said something so deep that nobody had a pen on them to write it down. <laughs> so like, you know, like 50 years, 60 years, whatever, you know, when it comes to the Bible, 300 years after Jesus, you know, then they remember all the stories and all that stuff. So it's a very common, common story within a lot of the religions that are going on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the reason I brought that up is because in Cappy's last video, he was talking about how, like you said, he was saying, oh, I did this terrible thing, and it's so awful, and I didn't like how he, he and, and look, there's reasons for it, I'm sure, but I didn't like how he kind of was just vague about it for two hours, uh, but whatever. Uh, obviously, he's going through some things, right? <laughs> so, But on the video, you'll hear him say, he said, I, ac I accessed this very high level of consciousness that went way down low, Um and then he talks about how he was consumed with this darkness of, you know, talking about studying and, and researching all of this child abuse stuff, which obviously is very dark stuff. Um, and and uh, and then later in the video, he says how he is going to come back, talking about reincarnation. So it makes me wonder if there's not something to this where these guys are getting into this sort of reincarnation, spiritual awakening, spiritual enlightenment kind of stuff. And, 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 and this plays off of what Corey was saying earlier where, and this is the danger of all this kind of stuff, is that these powers exist and mortal men are playing with fire by messing with this kind of stuff. Uh, you know, and I don't, I, I don't tend to attribute good or evil to this kind of occult stuff, uh, but 
I think there's dangers involved with it, especially when you get into contacting these entities from other dimensions and all of that stuff. So, so what I'm getting at here is, did Isaac Cappy get into this realm of contacting entities from another dimension? I mean, I don't oh know. I didn't see anything God. that that. That's what yeah. I'm telling you, when you start messing with that black magic and the and trying to do spells and all that stuff, it never ends well, man. You know, it's like, you know, the saying is like when well, you know watch when chasing monsters, you don't become a monster yourself. When you look into the abyss, just know the abyss looks back at you. And these and, are very true things. Yeah, and that and that to me, and and I like I said, I don't talk about this all this Epstein and child abuse and all this stuff. It's very real. Uh, it's almost too real. Like <laughs> it's scary stuff. But to me, if you asked me why they do this, because it doesn't make sense, right? To most of us, it's like, why would you, why would you entertain these sorts of things? Well, if you look at the ideas presented, we look at, I did a analysis of the book, Dr. Sleep. And in the book, Dr. Sleep, these killers go out there, these vampires and they harness the steam from the children, which, uh, which is apparently depicted in the movie. I haven't even seen the movie yet, but uh, this this goes into this concept we've heard about the the Gnostic archons, these shape shifting lizard yes. people. Yes. And and they feed on the fear. They it's a form of sustenance for them to to do some kind of energy work, whatever that is, shift into another dimension, uh, so on and so forth. But the idea here is that. The steam could be analogous to the adrenochrome, which is this idea that the adrenal glands has this sort of energy to it that these these psychopaths desire. And this ties into concepts of sexual magic. And that's what Aleister Crowley was talking about and how when when you're performing sexually and reach orgasm, there's an energy field that the practitioner releases and can use that as a powerful source to help further propagate the will of the the uh, practitioner, right? Now, and let me wrap this up. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to ramble on about this too long. But no, like, I'm loving I'm it, at. dude. I'm loving it. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, so there's a guy named Gil de Ray. He was this knight uh, in the French army, and he was friends with Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc, of course, the the woman who was channeling spirits that were telling her to do this, that, and the other. Uh, well, this is back in 1432. Yeah, back he, when you could do that. Now they call you a crazy person. But back right. then, they're like, yeah, I talked to God, and he said start a revolution. Everyone's like, "All right, sounds totally normal. Let's do it. So this guy was, he, he was accused of killing hundreds of children in these occult rituals. He was condemned to death for this. All of his friends confessed that this guy did it. And in the trials, it was revealed that he was uh, he was sodomizing these kids before he would kill them. Oh. Uh, he would wine and dine them, then strip them naked and hang them with ropes while uh, you know pleasuring himself. Uh, he would take the child, and this gets really R you know R X rated almost. But he um, let me find a PG way of saying it. He basically would kill these kids, um, dismember them. Uh, break their necks, and then he would further desecrate them after they were dead. Uh, um, you can use your imagination. Yeah. And the servant said this. I've got this quote that I that I uh, want to say here. Uh, the servant said, When the said children were dead, he kissed them, and those who had the most handsome limbs and heads, he held up to admire them, and had the bodies cruelly cut open, and took the light of the sight of their inner organs, 
Very often when the children were dying, he sat on their stomachs and took pleasure in seeing them die and laughed. Now, why would he do this, right? Because he's an asshole. Yeah, absolutely. So then we look at this, uh, you look further into it. He had summoned a demon named Baron and the demon signed a contract with him and the demon wanted body parts of the children. That's, that's what the trial back in 1438 oh my said. God. He said he was seeking enlightenment through alchemy and uh, demonic summoning. Now, fast forward uh, 500 years, Aleister Crowley says that Gilderay was the male equivalent to Joan of Arc and his main crime was the pursuit of knowledge. Then, fast forward 80 more years to 1992, a Freemason Grandmaster of the Grand Lodge of France retried the case, God knows why, and found him not guilty. They wanted to clear this guy's name. <laughs> why? You know, why? It's because, the, you know, and I can't help but think it's all because these, these psychopaths are doing some kind of energy work, some kind of energy manipulation uh, through the most vulnerable people, and the fear that the, these, these children are emitting is somehow some kind of high-octane you know, nitric ox nitric oxide for the uh, magicians or something. No, I I think there's definitely something to that. You know, and it's even if it isn't real because they believe it, it's real to them, and therefore fuels their desire to keep keep doing this to children. And that's really what I think is the one thing that everybody who studies all this stuff gets so frustrated with. It's like. We keep hearing children of the future, protect the children, and then we see blatant protection and cover-up of high-end prof- uh, pedophiles. Uh, the only people who go to jail are low-end pre- pedophiles. At the highest levels, man, these people are getting away with it because everybody's into it in some form, and that, that's how it's like when you join a gang. They want you to murder somebody so they have something on you, too. It's that's just the whole thing. It is, you know. I've discussed this on my show before. I think the demonization of homosexuality, which is not pedophilia, but the demonization of homosexuality, was done by very powerful people so they could blackmail people. I mean, because sex is the one thing everybody does that you have your thing, and they have their, and like if you don't like that thing, you think they're a weirdo. And if they're trying to get to a certain position in life, it's very hard to get there or keep your job when people think you are in the things that they find too taboo or disgusting. Yeah. And I'm talking with consenting adults. I'm not talking about anything pedophilia. That's wrong. The whole thing, but that that's this. They believe it. It's true. And this guy killed all those kids and we see it right now and, and, and nothing's happening. And Isaac was a part of that, but he was, I don't know if he got attracted to the, uh, he was, uh, just, addicted to the power and the prestige that was coming from what he was doing, that he had become the face of fighting pedophilia in in Hollywood. And we've seen it over and over again. I mean, like, you know, I I talked about this on the last show, but, you know, we we go crazy in this community when when we see the data, study the data, but then the results aren't what we want, and people go nuts. I don't think... I don't think Isaac put a whole lot of forethought um, into what he was doing. He didn't have this huge grand plan. 
I believe I've, I've talked to most of his good friends. Um, I'm friends with them now. And they're like, no, he just, he stood up. He thought, you know, he was, he'd been in a few uh, roles. He had some inside knowledge. He believed he, that these people were doing this. He thought he'd stand up and say it and everyone would rally around yeah, him and the cops yeah. would say, yeah, who yeah. is it? And they would go and he didn't understand how entrenched this yeah. was. I've come to realize during this whole entire thing that pedophilia, although it's a sickness, it's not just a sickness. It's a currency. It's the currency of the elite, just like you were yeah. saying. You know, they would they would get people involved in it, then they got something on you. They get on the, the centers. Everyone knows this point. Uh, Pedo Island was a brownstoning operation, probably for the CIA, joint Mossad, dare I suggest, um, and they were brownstoning the elite politicians, business leaders, and making the world go they wanted it the way they, that they wanted it to go. Um, when, when Isaac had gotten back from um, Australia, he kind of turned away from Hollywood and started going towards D.C. with his accusations and his focus. And as soon as that happened, he'd been complaining with voices in his head from about um, two to three months or three to four months. I, I, get, I can't re remember prior to his death. He was telling people he was hearing voices and he was hearing things. You know, you look at all these mass shootings, whether it's mm -hmm. um, Columbine the, the Florida shooting, all of them. They, they all have a couple things in common. They're young white men. They have psychiatrists. They're on SSRI, serotonin reuptake in, in, in inhibitors, and and they all hear freaking voices. You know, and there's got to be a correlation there. I think Isaac was getting hit with this. He didn't. He was a horrible judge of character, by the way. You know, Isaac was human. He was like human. People like to deify him now in these circles because of what he was doing. But he was a person. Horrible judge of character. Didn't think out long term. He didn't strategize his plan and take a break. And he didn't keep the balance. I mean, I got a family. I got a girlfriend. You know, I'm, I'm doing this while investigating the whole cap. I took five months out of my life, man. Literally 10 to 12 hours a day for five months straight doing nothing but cappy research, living it. Phone calls at midnight. People slow rolling by my freaking house. You know, it was intense. And I, that taught me also what Isaac had to have been going through for over a year living at that high intensity nonstop trying to spread the word. There's a video out there where he's on he's on um, his his uh, periscope and he's like, I'm gonna be on here until five people can tell me that they've called the FBI and told them what's going on. No one called. He was on there for an hour. Nobody called the FBI. Nobody was there to help him. He was burning out and you could see it as it went along. I think Isaac, to answer your question from earlier, truly believed what he was saying when it came to he had betrayed somebody. He really believed that. And whether he was really connected to somebody in D.C. Um, with the Q movement, with he alluded to Trump, the big man. I don't know. No one knows what that means necessarily. But he believed it. And was he really connected or was he being made to believe he was connected? He was also into meditation. He talked about meditation and Christianity simultaneously. And I believe he was getting into something called 5D earth belief. Okay. He was talking, the words he was talking about was at 5D. My research took me to a corner of the internet where I found on Twitter, there's a corner of the internet where these people were talking in code. And there were psychic hit people that would get on there and say, target. You know, California, they give some initials. They give a number code, a pre-numbered number what? code. Going in going in third tier tonight, midnight, Eastern time, 
Um, and then tomorrow, check in. That check in would take you to another Twitter feed where they would give the results away. There was an organized, like, psychic hit team. And I, I, we did the Twitter maps and tracked that all the way back to California and then over to D.C. This is real shit. There are people out there practicing this stuff. And it, it, the the nexus of this was on Twitter. I think Cappy found himself involved in some of that. He'd had a conversation with Jim Carrey. He said he had he said he talked to him for five and a half hours through two different phone calls. Okay. Jim Carrey went, you know, wonky, if you will, or all philosophical or into the whole meditation thing a couple of years back. I've heard a portion of that phone call. Um, it sounds like John Kerry to me, but uh, he also said in another video that it wasn't John or sorry, John Kerry, Jim 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 Carrey, and that he had been taken by somebody who had a, who, who faked it. But I know why he would also say that. Um, there, this investigation went into so many different realms. It went into vegan Mikey with Voodoo Donuts. It went to PizzaGate. Nixium is involved. Oh my right? God! Yes, All dude. So when you're talking about D.C. and the currency of pedophilia and Epstein, man, that goes into international foreign trade. I knew we all knew Epstein. You, 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 we all knew Epstein would never see the day in court, right? Can you imagine how many foreign dignitaries came in, were on that island, what was going on there, how many trade agreements? Uh, God only knows what's all wrapped up in Pedo Island. Yeah. Now that Epstein is dead, there will never be, never be discovery on any of it and it's going to get buried you know and it's just so rapid like everybody is just i'm not saying everybody in washington dc is one but it's it, it it's pretty bad were there any other occult uh symbolism involved with <laughs> isaac at all well there's the weird thing about uh tom hanks if people go to my uh, mind map and go to the tom hanks box we all know that one, there's that one photo of Tom Hanks taking a photo. He's got himself in the shadow with a white glove. And the little caption says, historic route 66, roadkill, question mark, I hope not, Hanks. And that was posted exactly 40 days prior to Isaac's um, um, death. So it's... Unbelievable, um, dude. Unbelievable. I mean, like, I mean, that dude... Tom Hanks is so too clean. Too clean. Nobody's that clean. Nobody. The gloves right let me, there. Let me, let me correct myself here before someone sends me an email. Um, the first photo appeared on March 13th, 72 days prior, the, the 72nd day of the year, okay? And that photo had the white glove, which is the Masonic symbol of the pure hand, and at the bottom was the cap with the letter P on it. You've seen that, right? No. You'll go to go to go to uh, the Tom Hanks box here. Bring the pull that up. Go to go down to that first picture with that white glove. And it has a P on no, it. No, that's it right there. And at the bottom of there, where right where his elbow would be, there's the um, right there's there. that there's the cap with the letter P on it. Cap P, white oh glove. Oh my right? god. The second photo, um, and you, there's a there's a thing right there of it. Um. He did this one here that was on the, the actual day that he died. Yeah. And that's the uh, – keep scrolling down there. There you go, partner. And that is a an, an RV, right, with a red handkerchief. I mean, the, the emblem around the side of the handkerchief is um, high desert. It says, um, bespoke perfection and gorgeous. Colin Hanks knows his kerchiefs. Bespoke. That's a custom-made handkerchief. 
right? That red handkerchief obviously sig signifying blood, and it says on the handkerchief right there, uh, ready-made in California, 1977. Well, Isaac was born in 77. Then again, so was his son, Hank's son, right? But it's in front of this RV. Cappy died in front of a freaking RV dealer. Now scroll oh, down a little my. bit more there. Dude, and, and what do we know about red scarves? That's been the yep. symbolism of uh, all these people who killed themselves have uh, been found with red scarves. Sure. And then you got this right here. This, is, of course, is the Breaking Bad meth trailer, right? Yeah. That was filmed in Albuquerque. And <laughs> Isaac was from Albuquerque, born and raised in Albuquerque. You know, the symbolism is all here. Keep going down. You got Run, Forest, Run. What are the odds that a man who ran over Route 66 was named Forrest Scott Proctor? The guy that ran over Isaac Cappy, his name was Forrest Scott Proctor. Shut on Route 66. Up. Oh. Holy shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we got a, uh, this is mind-blowing. This yeah. is mind-blowing. So, uh, real quick, the day, do we believe Do we believe that he did it himself? Is there any evidence that this, you know, when I brought the red handkerchief, everyone, it's always associated with the deaths where people don't think they killed themselves. It's not just did he jump or was he killed. Um, there's other options. He could have been sitting there that morning and – deciding whether and when the uh the deck brothers rolled up on him he opened his eyes they scared him and he fell back that is a possibility he could have been there to kill himself and was going to walk away or maybe he was going to do it anyways and he jumped off um i don't trust you may have seen the video um of the of the car have you seen that isaac where the car drives over the the bridge i don't care anyone yep. says that looks fake as shit to me still yeah. that looks superimposed. he looks dead there and that came out a week after to the parents, but it also came out. I received it two weeks or two months into the investigation after they said that that was actually that evidence was rerouted down to the Phoenix and then back up. I personally, this is my evidence here. I personally went to both the department of public resources and the sheriff's department and Flagstaff. And I got all of the evidence, the videos, the dash cam footage, all of it. It wasn't there. It got put in two and a half months afterwards. So there's some shenanigans with that piece of evidence there as well could cappy have been dead and shoved off the side possibly could they have found some people to lie about it? i'll tell you what the people who answered that call that morning okay the, uh, the 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 second one on scene was well let me back up the 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 responding ambulance um, uh, fire department was the belmont uh ponderosa pines fire department okay they were the fire department the two kids that tried to keep Isaac from jumping were the two sons of the fire chief in Flagstaff. And the first woman on scene down there who may have hit Cappy, I have one eyewitness saying that, that he hit her or that she hit him as well afterwards, but the other witness says no. She was the purchaser in the finance department for the responding fire department that got there. The guy on the phone who called 911 um, is another um, um, uh, witness, but he used to work for the state of Arizona. I don't want to throw him under the bus here. I'm not accusing him, but he has a connection to state government on the port of entry officer. There's only one witness in this entire deal, only one that was a witness that's not from Arizona, and he's scared to death because he said it 
he said he's ex-military. He's like, you know, it, that scene that morning, there was something not right. I've seen dead bodies. I've, I've been in the shit. And I'm telling you, the feeling there was something was off. Something was wrong. It was a real body on the ground. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you. I, I, I saw when when the, the when, when when Forrest ran him over with the truck, the back half, his head went up a little bit, and the front axle, the left hand side, struck him in the right hand side of the head, and he went down, and that's when he died. He said he was still alive up until that point. Um, he believed. He only fell 20, 20, 22 feet, right? They said that the body moved. He said no, the body didn't move. It moved maybe six in, inches. I watched it. Yet they're saying that the body moved in the official reports. Uh, the other guy said it didn't move, but but six inches as well. Uh, Cappy's um, Cappy's belt is on inside out. You ever put your belt on inside out? <laughs> In the actual evidence, his belt is on inside out, like someone had undressed and dressed a, 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 a body. Unbelievable, dude. I have a there's a section on this on this mind map called um, remaining questions and then conflicting testimonies and mistakes. I lay it all out there. Every question we we have. But go, Isaac. I mean, I know you got to go, so I'm, but uh, what what do you got, man? Yeah, I I appreciate you putting this together, Corey. Man, you, that's a that's a you know it's a interesting story. So to know that someone took the time to actually break this down, because when I started looking into this, it quickly revealed itself as a rabbit hole. Uh, but but overall, these whole all of these same sort of testimonies and allegations of all this dark stuff. Uh, I, I do believe there's a danger in, in kind of researching it to you know too deeply. Uh, there's there's a lot of darkness behind this, and you know if, if anyone's out there researching it to that extent, you know I would just ask, I would beg that they would uh, you know take a moment to break from it, enjoy reality and and the normies and all that because uh, this stuff can. It can literally drive you mad, and yeah. I, I hope that's not what happened to Isaac Cappy. Maybe it did. I I don't really know. Uh, but yeah, there's there's this this thing is has a lot of tangible realities to it, and it's very dark. Uh, Isaac, why don't you jump off? I just want to wrap it up with uh, you know, uh, Kyle, real quick. I got to show you this video. Do you remember this Corey, video? Excuse me. Do you remember uh, the Dead, Dead Man Switch? Yeah, that's the Dead Man Switch. The, he said that that might be inside Epstein's uh, in the temple. You know what I'm talking about? In the oh, island? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because it's... Uh, 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 so, uh... It's possible. Co Corey. Uh, Corey. Uh, we're having a weird out. Corey, uh, so is there anything... I, I, if you got a jam, too, I totally understand. I just want to see if there's I'm good for as long as you want me. I kind of set this time aside. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll discuss any aspect that you guys want with this. I'll take the time. Um, I appreciate the exposure on this, and hopefully um, somebody... The fact is, we're not going to get any more answers until someone comes forward. There's somebody out there that knows something about this. You know, um, there was and the that's lady. That's not going to happen forever. If if ever, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm just thinking about this. I'm like, this sounds exactly like the death of Kurt Cobain. This sounds exactly like the death of Chris Cornell. Sounds like exactly like the death of um, Chad. Uh, what's his uh, Chad? What's his name from um, Lincoln Park? Uh, Oh, Chester. Yeah, Chester. I mean, like, we just see Chester these. Where's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we just see uh, Anthony Bourdain. There's some stuff with his death, you know? So I, I doubt you'll ever get any more answers than what we got right now. I just, it sucks. It's, I'll tell you, I, I, I do want to talk about, uh, 
you know, one or two aspects of this, if you got five minutes here. Yeah, for sure. There was an aspect of this that I think has the best opportunity for getting somewhere. And on the mind map, it's called the, uh, the homeless man. There was, I, I called and spoke to the lady there. Uh, there was a girl who was the, um, the, um, uh, the cashier. She'd been there for two and a half weeks. I'm talking to her about, she says, oh yeah, that morning when all that happened, like that morning, uh, the cops came in and I said, hey, when you're done on the scene, come see me. I know the guy that jumped. I can tell you all, I can tell you all ab- about him. And, um, you know, he was in there every day. They never came back and talked to her. So I call her and she's like, yeah, it was the, the homeless guy after 15 minutes. And the recorded conversation is on there too. And I'm like, uh, when I, when I, I, I spoke to her, and everyone can listen to it. She's like, no, it was the homeless guy. What do you like, mean it was the homeless guy? Like, I what? said, what do you mean the homeless guy? I said, it was Isaac Cappy. She says, yeah, Isaac Cappy, was, he was living here. I said, no, 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 no. Isaac Cappy was in Apple Valley, and he was in here, and he, was, he wasn't living behind a, behind a truck stop in Belmont. She goes, the picture of the guy you got right there is the guy that was homeless out here. He'd come here twice a day. And he said on Friday, strangely enough, the same day that Isaac uh, made the video, the last Periscope, that he couldn't do it anymore. He was tired of living. I thought, okay, that's weird, whatever. Then Belmont resident number two, interview. Interview number three with a Belmont resident. Williams Love Truck Stop. There are, I think, six more people I found that said and believed this right here, These um, those um, Facebook does. posts right yeah. there, that is a private Facebook chat forum of the Belmont residents and I got access to a screenshot someone sent me, and they were talking about the homeless guy that jumped that used to beg out there for money. They said if you put a cap, like a, a cap, on Isaac Cappy, it looks like the homeless guy. And he'd been there since February. Now, the day before Isaac died, the homeless guy went out to the off or to the on ramp, the westbound on 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 ramp, and he was never seen again. The guy had been there since February. And uh, three residents told me they personally uh, saw him daily. Another one said she had conversations with him and would get him a shower once a week in there while she was there. He's there for all this time. Looks identical to Isaac Cappy. Isaac Cappy's tire blows out in Belmont, Arizona. And the day Isaac dies, the guy is never seen from that moment on. What the hell? That is crazy. Hold on. What? Do you want to hear the phone call? Uh, I mean, can you play it? I mean, can we? It's 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 long. It's about fifteen yeah, minutes. Yeah, don't I'm worry thinking, about. But... We'll we'll give links to everything where they can check it out. Um, so the question gets like when we bring up Kobe Bryant. I know I know you did something on Kobe Bryant, and yeah. there's this whole notion that it was possibly uh, he's taken out. There's yeah. that idea. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? I don't know why. Kobe's dead. Um, I believe he may, he's either dead or he's not. There's people saying they believe he went off world. There's all kinds of weird, crazy conspiracies. I'm not ready to go there. I will say there is a cultic overtone on this all the way through from the peanut commercials. We all know about to the, to the toy that has a helicopter of, 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 of coming out of Kobe's head, right. To the Nike commercial, uh, legends of forever to that really bizarre legends of Chamberlain Heights that has two Masonic, compass and squares on it, as well as mountains with smoke coming out of them, um, as well as the rings line up in a cross that are right in front of the red shoes, which match up to the Pope's red shoes and the red shoes of the Illuminati, if you will, and the cross of Christ. And that's why the red shoes you find in these public rituals. Um, 
Yeah, my website, if you go to phoenixenigma.com, you can scroll all the way down. It's, it's, it's on the top there under the uh, de-occulting the death of Kobe Bryant. So, so the question is, and, and this applies to Isaac Cappy as well, is mm -hmm. it that they're just waiting for the moment for it to happen? And it's just like they're always, or they're like, they're, they're just kind of like, um, okay, this is the time, this is the time, it's, we got a possibility here, or, I mean, I, I'm not expecting you to have the answers, but your thoughts on that. My thoughts on that is that there is a religion. There is a world that we are not privy to. There is an induction. There are people that are untouchable, like Clinton, like the Bloody Queen. Like um, There are certain people that will never get touched. They can do whatever they want, and they operate within this religious system of priesthood and priestesses. You see it with Beyonce. You see it with the girls last night on stage right there at the, the, the Super Bowl. They utilize the very foundations of the media and entertainment and the institutions, you know, from the months and the days. It all goes back to ancient, ancient um, occultic uh, names and principles, all of it. We're living in an, in, in an occultic world completely, and there's a higher religion reserved for the elite, and we're not in that club. And they're carrying out these in public, you know, 9-11. 9-11 was a big one. That was a, that was a, that was a paradigm shift from one age to another. That's what that was, right? You know, you got Kobe Bryant, number 24, right? You got LeBron James, 23, right? The 23 and the 24 make 47, 47 degrees on the Masonic compass. Add that to the 90, How you know, and you get the 137. Unbelievable, man. You had it's... Nipsey Hussle on, 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 on stage that night with a memorial, right? They had the big old harp on, on stage that never got played. Why was there a harp on stage? Because the harp's got 47 freaking strings. 47 is the compass. That is the, that is the spiritual half, the, um, the intangible aspects of the occult. The, 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 the square is the 90 degrees, and that is the, you know, Mason square everything off that's earthly, that's a concrete, tangible. We can affect that. Together, they form you know, uh, above, as above, so below. That's what that symbol means. Um, you know, uh, Kobe's number when he was in high school was 33. 30, you know, we, we forget that. Um, yeah, everyone knows that the district voting was 33. Uh, there were three girls that were 13 years old out of nine. Three girls in nine, 33%. 33% of the people who died in that crash were 13 years old. 13 and 33, right there. You got um, the... the the day that Kobe died was the 33rd day of the solar year. If Christmas, the rising of the sun, the S-U-N, or the rising of the sun, the S-O-N in Christianity, Christmas, okay? 33 days past that is the day Kobe Bryant died. That day, January 26, 2020, 1 plus 2 plus 6 plus 2 plus 2 is 13. There's your 1333 right there. Embedded, that's, that's the high signature. It's unbelievable. And you might know something about you, you remember you showed me that thing about the dates? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The um the rituals, the satanic rituals. This on uh, one of those dates, it's a um, sacrifice of a virgin, a female virgin, or a celebrity, I think it was something I think or I have it up here. A high profile person with and then we get the Mr. Peanut thing and all that. Uh, do you know anything about that with the occult and the dates that uh, correlate with, you know, some high holiday in Satanism or the occult for a sacrifice? There's a lot of bad information on Satanism out there. 
Um, most of your Satanists today are 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 atheists. That's a fact, right? There's a completely. I mean, there's the, there's Luciferians, there's Satanists, and then those are those in the temple of Set, or in the Satanic temple. The Satanic temple is not the Satanic church. Big difference in all those. The lay person likes to wrap them all up into Satanism, and it's just not the case. Um, mainstream Satanism is basically a bunch of atheists that believe in the archetype of the selfishness of the deity. And they don't they don't believe in a god or the devil, period. Uh, you have those that do practice, that do practice this, um, 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 well, and what's the source on this? I mean, I don't know. It, it could be from the Temple of Set. It could be from hearsay. It could be from that um, article, that the, the PDF that got published back in the 80s during the satanic um, panic. Uh, panic, yeah, uh, by a couple police officers who aggregated information from departments across the country. There's some good stuff in there, some accurate stuff in there, but a lot of it's just, you know, hearsay and, and fear porn. Um, so when you're going through these dates, I don't know. I tend to look at the 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 dates in terms of the ancient um, 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 paganism, because the Catholic Church put all the holidays of Christianity onto the ancient pagan days following the the planting year, right, of the solstice and the equinox. And there's an ancient physics that resonates beneath all these religions. And I've tried to go to the source of the physics. Halloween is Halloween the world around. We call it Halloween or Shamhain or Los Dios de Muertas or whatever it is. Because that time of the year, the veil is thinnest between the two worlds. And if we resonate higher or those resonate lower, we can meet for one brief moment. Religions then form out of that physics, and then it gets culturalized um, and isolated in different parts of the world. And then fast forward two, three hundred, four hundred thousand years, and you have a religion based on an ancient physics. So, so interesting. I, I look at the commonality between the religions. That's what I tried to do. Well, brother, we got to have you back because I could listen to you talk forever, man. You are wonderful. You are uh, you are a great researcher. And uh, I hope our listeners go and find your website. And, uh, man, I love what you do, brother. Uh, he's, I appreciate it. Uh, Corey, could you tell them where to find all your stuff, your social media, everything? Yeah. Um, so all my information is free. It's all out there for free. Um, I work with the belief that this is my passion. I'm fighting for good. I'm putting together a network of people like you guys and other broadcasters like John B. Wells and people that I work with. I work with pastors. I work with occultists. I work with witches. I work with anyone fighting for good. I'm on a mission. I'm not here to make money. That being said, I need to support myself. I'm a professional guide, but you can find me um, at thephoenixenigma.com. There's no paywall. It's all free. Um, I'm on Patreon if you feel that my work is worth uh, supporting. I'm also on YouTube. I do lives there two, three times a week. And I do, for my patrons, about twice a month now, I'm doing a private, uh, more uh, intimate show just for them because I got I to gotta do something for my, my uh, patrons. They're, they've been with me for years now. And um, but other than that, YouTube, all over the board, just type in the Phoenix Enigma into your favorite search engine. And I got like the first two or three pages. My, I'll come up over and over again. Well, dude, you're uh, doing the Lord's work, my friend. I appreciate you. It was an excellent conversation. Sorry we had to go a little short because I could talk to you forever on that, but that just means we're going to have to book you again sure. and uh, do another deep dive with you. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. 
Uh, we're going to do it again. Guys, I appreciate you guys doing the show. I appreciate you guys watching and uh, supporting the show. And, hey, man, go check out his website. It's really nice. And I think you guys will enjoy it. And I hopefully, if you like me, you're going to love what Corey does. And, uh, all right, brother, we'll, we'll talk soon. Everybody, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys soon. Uh, we'll thanks see you on the next show. Take care. Only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind.